Welcome to episode four of Idiopod with TJ Stone and Destiny Love. <laughs> we are talking about loving well during this pandemic, loving well in mm. a pandemic because we are still here, aren't we? We are. We're not we are out, still out of the here. Woods. So we're diving into all the things that have come along with this pandemic. It's been so much that so we're going to tap in specifically to like some of the political stuff. What does that have to do with faith, masks, vaccines, and just the, all of it? I've seen so much um, divisiveness, but so much beauty as well. But So we're going to focus on how we can love well. How I'm- can we love well? Absolutely. What What is your initial reaction? Uh, I mean, I don't know how things are in Alabama. I know how things are in Nashville. Uh, so, how have you experienced loving people who who think differently than you around different things during the pandemic? So, I will say that I started off having a conversation like around. Was it around the election? I don't know. But at the at the time, what I began to see was that there was just so much division, so much conflict, so much um, media, news, things, just ugh, having everybody in an uproar, you know. Whose fault is it? That's the question. Whose fault? Who are we pointing at? So at that point, I'm like, you know what? We need to come to the table. And I began to have some conversations. I call them tough conversations, actually. And um, for me, I absolutely love differences of opinion. I love having the hard conversation. I absolutely love spaces that I can share what I know to be true, what my experiences are, even challenge some of the status quo and just still be loved and respected and not judged. So I what I wanted to create more spaces like that. So I'm that person. I don't care really what you believe. I care because I care about you and I want to know more about you, but it's not going to be something that makes me love you any less or not be friends with you or something like that. So that's my take on it. I believe that people are doing the very best that they can with what they have. Mm. So I don't find myself getting all up in arms. If people choose to wear the mask, do not choose to wear the mask. You know, some people say, Oh, I'm doing it because of my faith. And some people say I'm not doing it because of my faith. I think all of it is, it's just a lot. And I just try to rest in the fact that I believe more than not, people are doing the very best that they can. So that's hard, yeah. right? I'm a, that is, I think it's a very, very just challenging situation across the board. I respect people. I honor people. I wear masks. Um, you know, I, but the part, the problem I believe that I have and is most challenging and frustrating is when people are belittled or, um, just judged or condemned for whatever decision they choose to make. I do not like that one bit. I don't care what it is. We all have freedom. We all get to choose. 
We all have our own reasons of why we do what we do. And I believe the last thing that we need to do is make that harder on a person. It's already hard (laughs) without all the excess feedback. Yeah. So I also don't watch the news, TJ. So like news stuff is not my strong point. I turn it off. I keep it off. My husband tells me what the weather is and if there's a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that could be a good spiritual practice for for your own sanity. <laughs> Honestly, it is. Uh, I don't I don't watch the news regularly, but I do read the news pretty regularly on my phone just to okay keep abreast of the the basics of what what's going on and. I do know in Nashville, there's a, a big uh, uproar over. Uh, so the governor, Governor Lee, uh, issued uh, an order saying, you know, we wouldn't be mandating mask basically anywhere now is my understanding throughout mm-hmm. the state, including in schools, which is where parents are, are so testy about about that particular area. But uh, apparently Absolutely. they've been they've been, been sued. Uh, over that from from some disabilities organization uh, saying that you know it's not um, it's not fair to s- submit all of uh, you know the kids that have autoimmune diseases or different things that make them even more susceptible than the average kid. It's not fair to them mm-hmm. to not still have a mask mandate in schools while we're still actively in a pandemic. And so right. several different messages went out over the last weekend, basically, where they said, okay, mask mandates are stopping. And then within a day or two, they're saying, no, actually mask mandates, even for, even for the counties that had lifted them on the county level. Now mm-hmm. this is a statewide thing masks are going to be mandated again in all schools. And so there's a lot of uproar, a lot of conversation around who has the right to do this, who who's being right. protected, who's not being protected, you know, infringing on our kids' rights. Why should kids at, you know, young age even have to wear the mask? It's, I'm a, it's, so, it's just one more point to divide people on. Honestly. It really is. It really is. That is, I hate to say it, but it's the way of the world. It is the way it is. It is. What do we do? What do we do? I know for me and my household, we, we wear our masks. Um, we did get vaccinated. Um, I do not know if our children will probably at some point, not sure, you know, at the when, but I do not understand those that talk as if wearing a mask and getting vaccinated makes you less of a believer. Yeah. I, don't get I that. see that dialogue and it's like, what? Well, a lot of that gets gets wrapped up into conspiracy theories. And is accepting this vaccine, the mark of the beast? But let me tell you, Destiny, oh they, my gosh. they've been calling something the mark of the beast. You know, credit cards were the mark of the beast when they come out. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we're supposed to get these UPCs on our forehead and our our palms or something at some yeah. point. If if you believe the people that's been talking about it since the eighties, you know, we we don't know what the mark of the beast is. We don't Hello? know if that's literal or if that's figurative. You know, if that's like in your hands, your your actions and your head, your thoughts, absolutely, or if it's actually a thing or if it's going to be something to do with this transhumanism movement of combining man with technology and we're right. not going to have autonomy over our own thoughts and actions anymore. There's so much, I mean, it gets it's crazier so and crazier the more technology becomes a piece of it. But before technology, people were still thinking Mark of the Beast was happening like tomorrow, like ever since yeah. Jesus left, you know, we've been thinking this is coming right now in our time. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, this- I have, and I have people come up to me and say things like that still to this day. Um, and, you know, I just I try to be very and she was taking care of our babies for a, a moment during the pandemic. And this is what she came to say. You know, it's, hey, this is the mark of the beast. I need you to be careful. Um, and she was doing it in a very loving way. And of course, she was talking about her political views and who she was going to vote for and why. And I was like, man. Now, who is this? Your your audio cut out for a second. This was a we, we hired a sitter okay. to come in and to do like the teaching stuff with our babies when school shut down for for a little bit of time for a few months. So this is what she would talk to me about. And at that point my eyes were opened in a new way to individuals who live in different realities. Right. You know, and it, and that's how I have to look at it. We are living in two very different realities and that's helpful for me to continue to love well. Right. So yes, it's challenging. She has a completely different frame of reference, sphere of influence, and I still want to love her well. So we didn't dive too deep into some of the conversations. You know, I, I, I hold my ground on what I believe and I'm not going to be just shifted every which way, but to see her talk about this, I also saw how afraid she was. Mm. Like she was very afraid of martial law and, you know, all of these things. And, but then on the other side of this, this is now, this is, has nothing to do with this TJ, but she also shared that she did not believe that white privilege existed. So, which means she's like, a white person. <laughs> she, she was white. And I was like, oh man, we live in two very different realities. And, um, it ended well. It was no bad blood. I still love her to this day. She loves my babies. Um, but I was able to say destiny. She grew up here. She grew up in this type of environment. She grew up in this type of family. This is her frame of reference. Yeah. That's and she can make whatever choice that she that to her that is true. And she gets to make whatever choice that she deems best for her family. I only get a little bit eh, if it begins to impact my family. Hmm. Right. That's when I begin to care more. So like if they're talking about no masks at school, yeah, I'm going to care about that one. Yeah. Right. 
Um, but other than that, I believe that people should be able to make their own choice and do what they want to do. Um, it just it does get challenging when it bumps right up against you. But I have friends that are unvaccinated, you know, and they they stand firm. Yeah. My my adopted daughter got COVID before she came mm-hmm. to, to live with us. And, you know, she she didn't have a great sense of smell or taste for a couple of weeks and then she was fine. And so she doesn't get and and because she's had so much, you know trauma with needles and you know yes things forced upon her that she didn't want in terms of injections and things over the years uh she just flat out refuses and if they mandate that in school i'm gonna have to pull her and do online school because she will not and i want to respect that that is her autonomy to make that choice i mean my wife and i are fully vaccinated we've been fully vaccinated for like I mean, I've been for like seven months. She's been almost this whole year because she works in healthcare. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we don't feel, you know, worried about it. Uh, mm-hmm. It is one of those challenging things because I do believe you should have that personal choice uh, when it's con- concerning things going into your body or not. Now, yeah, do I then, personally wish as a dad she would just get the vaccine? Yeah, I do. I, do. I bet. I it would bet. make me feel a little bit better for her because, I, you know, some people have gotten COVID more than once and the second time's been a lot worse. And, you know, my my desire to protect her from that of is, course. is more of why I would want that for her. But I'm also not going to force that on her. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, I've, I've experienced um, those who have passed away, you know, due to COVID. And so, yeah, I, I think it's just hard across the board and people have to make a choice that they feel comfortable with that they can sleep with at night. And one that is rooted, I would say more, if I was giving anything that would be helpful, maybe a decision rooted in love versus fear. Right. And I and I say that even to those who have the the argument of who bring up like the Tuskegee ex- experiment. Right. You still have um, that's still huge in the black community. Yes. Right. It is. With very, very valid reasons of why black people are not like, uh uh-uh. uh, they're more hesitant of what is going on with the government. What is the government doing? <laughs> Yeah. Now, just for context, now this has happened multiple times with not just the African-American community, but other ethnic communities and and being used as guinea pigs. Minorities. American experiments. But I believe the Tuskegee experiments was where they gave a lot of African-American men syphilis under the guise of giving them some sort of helpful injections which was not the case and it killed a whole bunch of people and they just used it as basically lab rats. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's legitimate provable fact. That's not conspiracy. It really happened. It is not a myth. It is not a conspiracy theory. So I do understand that. So but just like with anything, I encourage people to read and get educated, you know, and make a choice that you want to make, not something that you're being forced into making because of media and 
government this and get you educate yourself. And this is the same thing I believe about voting. Right. We don't have to just be fed anything. We are in us in a space where we can educate ourselves. We can um, become knowledgeable about what what's going on. And we make a choice according to what it is that feels best for us as well as humanity. Now, I think that is something that's important. You can't just do what you want to do because you want to do it. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the the freedom of choice that you alluded to, you know, earlier, I, I agree that people should have the freedom of choice up yes. until the point that it infringes on other people's rights. Uh, you know, it's kind of like our foundational documents in America said everybody has the, you know, the right to, to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And right. And it's when our liberties infringe on other people's rights to liberty and, and pursuit of happiness that, that we need some regulation. Yeah. I know a lot of people are upset because there are different jobs that are making it a requirement. I even know those, some who have lost their job because they refused and now they're unemployed. Yeah. I'm, I'm teaching last week and this week filling in at a, at a private school and I have to wear a mask the whole time I'm there. And I hate it. My beard gets all sweaty. I'm wiping it. It's gross. It's weird. And I have to go through a couple of masks if I'm there too long. And, you know, it's frustrating, but, you know, it's to protect everybody. And, you know, there are some kids there that, that would be a lot more easily transmittable than, than other kids. Yeah. So that's, that's just how you love your neighbor. Yeah. So do you believe that there is anybody that would argue that I am loving my neighbor by not getting vaccinated? Or I am loving my neighbor by not wearing a mask. I would love to hear from that person if I am sure those people exist and they might even some of them be be in my extended family. I would not doubt it. Um, I don't I don't fully understand that perspective. So I, I can't speak to that. But I think some people are doing it to open people up to the idea that this pandemic's all a sham and that a lot of things are being labeled as COVID that aren't really COVID. And there, yes. is, there is some truth. To, I mean, the, the root of any good conspiracy theory is there's always grains of truth in it. Right. Like, right. It is it is legitimate fact that that, you know, things that are coded as a COVID case gets gets more potential insurance money. And there are incentives to report more things as COVID cases over like, you know, multiple complication comorbidities or they died of a bad case of the flu or, you know, infection. If, If they had any COVID symptoms, which COVID symptoms are basically like the symptoms of the common cold. Common cold, right. So just about anybody that's sick and dying probably has those symptoms. So mm-hmm. I, I do understand there is some legitimacy and and questioning some of the data, some of the numbers and, and how that works. Cause the whole insurance, the whole insurance system and, and, 
in the world and, and the country is, is a fraud, just like our whole banking system is a fraud. Absolutely, It's all meant to line the pockets of the few and to rob the pockets of the, the poor people that don't really have it to give. And I think if nothing else, that was that was one thing that was highlighted for me in this pandemic. Like it, I have never been one to be all pressed by the news, but during this time, it made me even more like um, mindful of what I was listening to. And really, I like, I felt like at one point I was, everybody that I was talking to, I'm like, look, you have to be mindful of what you're listening to because it just goes in and then we, all this stuff, we don't even know what to do with. And it just, it just was creating such a panic, you know, anxiety, like on 10. And it's like, oh my gosh, don't listen to it. Not, not saying be uninformed and just walk around, you know, ignorant, but the media you have to look at what is the motive of the media, right? And, and really dig in and ask some hard questions. Why? Where, where is, who, who does this benefit? That was a question that I would always ask. Who is this benefiting? Right. Yeah, and yeah. Um, how, how is it helpful? Is it helpful? Yeah. I'll, often, often the news is just parroting the same stories through a different lens that are being handed down to them by other spheres of power. And it's, it's funny if you'll watch, uh, and there's clips of this, you know, watch on the internet, you can watch literally the exact same verbiage with like 20, 30 different news anchors covering it on both more right wing and left wing um, stations. And why do you think that is? You have to, you have to surmise that there, there is, these these governing bodies of power who are dictating how certain things the messaging goes out regardless Absolutely. what bent or spin you put on it and we all know you know fox news is a right wing news cnn's typically a left wing news there are some that you know they all claim to be fair and balanced but right every, every news is storytelling and the people who are reciting the story to you are not the storytellers. They are the story retellers. Absolutely. <laughs> they are the mediators. They are the, the talking heads that get to, to transmit the story to you, but they are not the writers of and that then, story. And TJ, even the storyteller, like, can you, like, if I sit and I tell my story, Right. I'm going to tell it a million different ways, you know, yeah. over the course of my lifetime. Are They're all true. Yeah. And it's all the lens. It, it's a lot of it's our intention at the moment of why, what yes. are we trying to transmit in this? I, you know, I've told my story countless times in countless contexts mm-hmm. to different audiences. Sometimes I change the way I tell it based on the audience or based on the intent of the event or the space that we're here. Sometimes mm-hmm. just knowing my audience, some people aren't, aren't prepared to hear certain pieces of my story. And, and absolutely. So I will excise that um, or include it in different contexts, you know, 
story story is how we make meaning of our lives and mm. depending on where we're at in in our journey that that's going to change and and what i find is the further along on your journey you get you start to reframe your past and mm. you start to see it through a more mature lens and you can even have more Oftentimes, I think if you're progressing in a positive way on your spiritual journey, you're going to start to more positively reframe things that were traumas and no longer see them as traumatic or as traumatic. You can recognize them for the shaping experiences they were, but detach the negative emotion from them because the further along your path you get, you have more grace for all things because there, there becomes this equanimity that you start to see with all people when you start to just see them as people who are, you know, you start to assume the best people doing the best that they can with what they have to work with. And even doing that, people do jacked up things. Absolutely. But you can still have compassion for them. But usually not in the moment when you're on the receiving end of the jacked upness, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's part of the healing journey is part of the spiritual journey. And that shapes yeah. our storytelling. The more awareness that, we have of our journey, the difference, yeah. the different lens we're going to see our stories. And not that the incident was not traumatic because it was, and it, and it still could be, but just the, the emotions and the thoughts associated with them begin to change over time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the way that yeah, we yeah, experience absolutely. it changes as yes. we change. Yes, yes, and you know, I'm I'm a fan of holding it, holding things loosely because it can still be hard, and we hate that it happened, and you know, it can still cause um, unwanted emotions. But then it can still be something that we that we can process correctly. You know, it's it's both. Both, both, both for often for most really traumatic things. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Where do, where do you see, how do, how do you see politics and faith in relationship or relating? Cause that has been a whole thing. I mean, once that election got going, everything was in the yeah. name of God, right? Yeah. What, what I don't get but I mean, the, the wheels have been turning for 40 years since before I was on the planet at this point, mm -hmm. kind of making it this way. But what I don't get is why it, it seems like every election cycle, it gets more and more cemented that to be a Christian in America, you have to vote Republican or else you're like anathema <laughs> to, to the to the world of Christianity somehow. Um but on the other end, it's almost like, well, you're either going to be progressive and you're going to vote liberal Democrat, or you're going to be, you know, voting for conservatism and Republican and Christian values, and there's no middle ground. Uh, I think, well, here, here's, the, here's the, the flat truth of the deal, and this could be its own episode altogether, mm -hmm. uh, but the necessity of a two-party system is so that the real powers and control that control the, the money and the power in this world mm -hmm. 
can play both sides and it's easier to play both sides against each other. You will notice, I believe in the entire history of our country. I could be wrong in maybe one instance, but anytime you have had two consecutive terms of president, either Republican or Democrat, the other side gets so tired of it. No matter who's in office and no matter how terrible the candidate is on the other side, they're going to win because the country has always been so divided. And that's that's part of the purpose of controlling society is to keep people in two camps and play them against each other is you can only go so long with one side for you have to do a, you know, a landslide on the other side and you have My to play it. It is it is this constant you know, it's like pouring water from one glass into the other, and then you got to pour it and you're trying to even it out. And, and this, and for somebody who is not very political, this sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. Uh, And what, what's funny is a lot of the people who play into the two party system and politics, if you really examine their real feelings and their real uh, stuff. I mean, people flip flop their opinions all the time. People even change parties. Trump, Trump was a lifelong Democrat who even supported and paid for the Clinton's campaigns. Mm -hmm. And then a handful of years later, he's calling her out as the devil. And, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's, it's all a show. And it's all for the purposes of power and money. And and ultimately, the people who are in places of power, some of those names people know, and they're all parts of conspiracy theories and all these things, you know, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, old families who have had money and wealth and power for years and continue to pass down that power. But a lot of these people are people you wouldn't know from Adam. But they've had generational wealth for centuries, and they hold prominent places and stuff like the Council on Foreign Relations and the Bilderberg Group and, and these groups of wealthy, influential people who get together at regular interval, intervals and basically determine the direction of the modern world. And from that trickles down into our political systems. It is not a coincidence that the majority of the modern Western world's power is going into mostly two-party systems. Uh, and anytime you have you have some some traction for independent and third party, sometimes you can get something going on the local level. It would take an entire, entire intentional shakeup from the powers that be to really make a third party person uh, be a viable candidate for the highest office, prime minister, president, whatever, because that disrupts the two party system. And what it ha- what it does is it always it always takes votes from one side or the other or both. And it, it mm-hmm. just, it's just now you got three glasses of water you're trying to have equanimity around. And mm-hmm. usually with the intent of eventually pulling away that other one, because that other one's only introduced to, to be a reaction to the counterculture who no longer want the two-party system. Because this has been a thing since politics has been a thing. 
And there's always going to be the same. And then what they do is they try and assume as many people as they can from these independent parties that rise up into one camp or the other. Like the libertarians are now just a version of Republicans now, you mm-hmm. know, but they tried to be their own thing. And sometimes they try and act like their own thing. But if you're a libertarian, now you're going to vote Republican because nobody's going to be a libertarian president. You know, the, the two systems have so much and it costs so much dang money to to run yes. a political campaign now. Billions of dollars to run a I know the people. presidential campaign. I know anybody a job that, that is, pays 200 grand a year. <laughs> I hear you, but I bet anybody that is anything like destiny is like, what are you talking about? Like all of our listeners who are Probably. not political, they're like, huh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And it just hurts your brain. It hurts your brain. The more you it's know about much. it, the, the more it's just like, and so for years I wouldn't even yeah. vote. And now, and I am, I am opposed and will always be opposed to a two-party system because I know the same money is going into the same pockets either way. They're, the people who have the power are always going to win no matter who wins the elections because they know oh, how. Yeah. Don't say that, TJ. Don't say that, TJ. On, on a certain, I do believe that. And we can agree or disagree yeah, yeah. about that. We can. Absolutely. But, but certain agendas are going to get pushed through no matter who's sitting in, in the presidential seat. I do believe that because I've seen that to be true time and time again. Mm-hmm. And some things that a Republican will tee up will get pushed through by the Democrat that comes in that's supposed to be cleaning up their mess, you know, and vice versa. And I don't align with either. I don't. I don't. For when I when I was not educating myself, I did. I was like, oh, yeah, that's just what we do. Right. Um, That's what we do in all things. Religion, family It's like, oh, um, but then once I really began to educate myself and just to ask different questions and read and um, really get quiet, get still, like I really want no part of it. Like this is one of those challenges of being in the world, but not of it, because, of course, we, we have to have play an active role in things. But it is definitely not something I get overly consumed in. Am I going to go vote? Yes. Now, have I not voted? Yes. Did I feel really pressed that I didn't? No. (laughs) You know, so like it's not indifferent because I don't it's not like I don't care, but I just cannot get overly consumed in this. It's too much. And it's one of those system things that I'm like, okay, God, God, you're God. I'm not God. God is God. And I have yeah. to just, I have to rest in that, TJ, because my head will start to hurt Absolutely. and spin. <laughs> and, and that's that's ultimately where I lie. And I'm I'm a registered independent for life, just out of okay. principle. I'm not going to support like one party or the other necessarily. Exactly. That's not to say I haven't voted for people that are a party or another, but it's, it's you know, there, there become certain situations where you vote for what's going to affect you and your community and your people. And, and right. And it's so how it's not about politics at a certain point. It's not about politics. No, for me, it is all about loving well. So like if I can live my life in such a way that love is what goes before me and everything, 
I mean, right. That's like ultimate goals, right? Am I perfect in that? Nobody is, but that is, that's how I want to live my life. I want to make decisions from that place. I want everything that I do to be immersed and wrapped in love. Amen. How do we love well? So if you were going to just share one little takeaway as we kind of wrap up, how do we love well in a pandemic with all the stuff? Because it's a lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah. I I think for me, because I do, I do still have these strong reactions that bubble up when people are like anti-vaccine or in certain situations, anti-mask. But I mean, I'm even getting more liberal with the mask thing. I mean, I've been fully vaxxed for seven months and, you know, if the grocery store is not going to require me and I'm, I'm going to keep my distance from people, you know, I'm kind of over wearing the mask when it's not a mandated thing. So I, Okay. I hold, I hold respect for, for the people that feel that because I, I do feel that too. But when, when I get that bubbling up of, Oh, there's a reactionary thing. I have to think of, okay, what is that hitting up against me and how is it affecting me? Yeah. It's usually somehow it almost always, it's the same reason I get ticked off about people going crazy with the politics is, is that stuff. It's that sense of wanting justice and equanimity for all people Mm, that, that that gets, that rubs me the wrong way. And I'm like, well, this person choosing not to get vaccinated and not wear a mask. How is that? It's the idea that it could negatively affect a lot of other people that they may never even know about. I think that rubs me the wrong way, but I also have to recognize that there could be a number of traumas in their story. Yeah. Like my daughter that makes her not want to do the things. And, you know, when I, when I assume that they're making that decision with the best information that they have, that they truly believe is the best for them. I just have to rest in that and give it up to God and not be their judge. Because it's so right, easy to be right. a judge of something that I, I am on the opposite end of the fence for. Absolutely. I even have to do that with some people in my family and stuff. You know, it's I, I it's it's not my choices to make. And I just have to rest in God and give them up to God and hope that it all works out well. And and they have that freedom, just as yes. I do. That's they it. Do. And I have to love them where they're at, even if I don't like where they're at. And mm, that's, that's a spiritual it. discipline to love people who are actively ticking you off, but with their choices. And that I yep. think that speaks to something in our heart. And that makes me realize that I have this strong sense of justice. And, and that is a good thing. I think God is. It is. There. And how can I lean into that without alienating people? who are choosing actions opposite from my own. Mm. And that's just a a day-to-day step-by-step relationship by relationship, action by action kind of thing. Yeah, I I don't always do it well. Sometimes I I have the reactionary thing and then I got to be apologetic. Of course. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's spiritual discipline too. Being able to go and apologize well. Yeah, because to think that we're always going to get it right, like, whatever, that's not even, that's not realistic. So when I think about loving well, um, 
I absolutely think first about loving myself, you know, being patient with myself, being gracious with myself, um, slowing down, being still. And then what I find is that I am more open, tolerant, respectful, kind, patient, you know, with other people. Yeah. So loving my my loving well in this pandemic from has been um my own journey. Being more intentional with my own journey. Just I love how you when something was rising up in you, you're like, what is this? Right? That is that's me, TJ. I'm like, what is this? Where did this come from? And I have to get still, I have to get quiet, I have to do some exploring, right? I might have to write in my journal. I might have to just go and process it in spiritual direction, you know, all the things. Yeah. Self-care. Because yeah, self-care. Because when I when I care for myself well, I'm able to love others well in all yes. of this, the political stuff, the mass stuff, the vaccine stuff. Um, I'm able to be with them in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. So it's challenging. It is, and you know, our relationship <laughs> is challenging. And you you throw yes. in a global pandemic on top of it; it just really reveals the base states of people's hearts and the work yeah. that needs to be done. Yeah. And I'm able, you know, when people come and they're giving me all the stuff because they do, right? They just give you all the extra. Yeah. I can be even more patient and tolerant of that. Now, when I'm not in a good place, TJ, you know, it's like hope. Mm-hmm. Pump your brakes. <laughs> yeah. I did not ask you for your opinion, thoughts. I'm good. <laughs> yes. Yes. And sometimes that's just boundary setting. Yes, it is. And that can be loving too. Because I have enough going on in my own head. Me too. <laughs> yes. Ain't that the truth. All right. So we're loving well in the pandemic and we hope that everybody that is listening, that we um, have shared something, some love towards you in this pandemic. You can be loving to yourself. You can be loving to others because there's a whole lot going on. There's a whole lot. And I just believe that we need more love in this world and less judgment and criticism and division. Amen. Let that be our That'll prayer. preach. That will preach. That'll preach a few sermons. <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us uh, for all things Idiopod. Join the conversation at idiopod.com. <laughs>